Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I'm joined as always by my co-host Nikki. Hello Nikki. Hello. How's it going? Good. Good. (laughs) I'm very tired and I'm just hoping this wine will get me through but you know. I find wine has the opposite effect of me but you do you. I get hyped. Um, No it's all good. I'm alive. I'm here. We're, uh, it's past my bedtime. It's good to know. <laughs> it's nine o'clock and it's past my bedtime. But um, yeah, how are you? Yeah, fine. Good. It's warm still. <laughs> it's gone around to that time of year where all we do is Fuck say, snake. it's warm. I was literally said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to bring up the weather. I'm not going to say it's warm. I'm not going to say it's hot. I'm going to ignore the fact we had a fucking heat wave that was apparently the first, no, whatever, hottest day of the, in the world. No. <laughs> the wind in the world. <laughs> In the UK, wasn't going to mention it because we said let's stop talking about the weather. But look, here I've are. gone at least two times of doing this podcast without mentioning the weather. I just I feel like the podcast starts and you're just sat there bursting, going, "Don't talk about the weather! Don't talk about the weather! It's warm." <laughs> at some point, the problem is, the problem is me with heat is that's all I can focus on. Mm. I'm just warm all the time, and that's all my brain goes to is. You're warm. You never have a good time in summer. And tell everybody how warm you are. Exactly. I need to move to snowlands. Anyway, besides the fact it's warm, Mm. we're here to actually do a thing. But before we do a thing, we, you know, I'm not mentioning it. I'm going to mention it. We were away a little bit longer than we planned. But that's because a thing happened. And let's have some news for the first time in a really long time. Yeah, Nikki's news time. So, I got a puppy. Yeah. The last update, <laughs> we had a dog. We were like, hey, we've got a dog. And um, now we're like, hey, we've got another dog. <laughs> we've got two dogs. Now we've got two dogs. Next time we're going to have another dog. And then maybe one more. No. This is going to be a dog podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no more dogs. Um, yeah, I got a puppy. Her name is Junie. Or, but it works short for Junimo, which is from Stardew Valley. Of course it is. I'm a fucking nerd. Um, well, Edie's named after a Mass Effect, so we're both fucking nerds. That's... Um, and she's basically been taking my life, hence the fact that I'm sleep deprived. And we just, yeah, it was, a, it was, and it was my birthday. Oh yeah, I aged. You aged up. That's news. In the true Sims form, you like spun yeah. around after you blew out your birthday There was candles. confetti and everything, and then I aged into an old hag. <laughs> that I, now, I now reside in the body of an old hag. I wish that's how it worked. I wish at some point you got to choose when you decided to become an old hag, because I would have done it years ago. You would have literally turned 10, and then instantly after that, become the old hag, if you had a choice. Yeah, it suits my personality well, I think. Soon. You'll you'll get there soon. You can join. The wrinkles are happening. You can join me in the old hagginess. Actually, you're older than me, so. Yeah. Yeah, I aged and I got a puppy, and that's my quarter-life crisis. But she's lovely. She's very cute, and her and Edie are best friends now. Took a while, but... It wasn't bad. You always make it sound like it was horrendous and we put up with something and it was really bad. They literally growled at no, each other for like it's a fine. week and then it was fine. It was more that Edie was a bit like, what the fuck are you? And then Edie now, we know, loves Junie. So hmm. it's all good. Edie and Junie. Terrible name choices. But, well, no, only for the fact that they sound very similar. But hey, that's my fault. I was going to say. <laughs> you call one, the other one comes too. It's all good. It's a bonus. Yeah, you just have to go ee at some point and one of them will come. Anyway, let's not talk about our dogs. 
Yeah, because that's going to be the new thing that that's happens. That's the pub. Dog till five. Yeah. That's <laughs> the new podcast. Just talking about the weather. No one asked Dogs for. and weather. For the- <laughs> dogs and weather. <laughs> Tune in to Nikki and Steph <laughs> for dogs and weather news. You don't want. Can we have a spin-off podcast of dogs and weather? <laughs> That'd be good. I'd enjoy yeah. that. One other bit of news that we had was that we joined Dan on our oh, favourite yeah. uh, Greatest Story Ever Played podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And talked about Mass Effect 2. Yes. Which is, as you know, we cannot not talk about Mass Effect, at least in one episode, yeah. every few months But we so. talk about it for an extra long time. We focus down on it. Um, go listen to Dan, it's a really good podcast. We love going on, and we love having Dan on here as well. Um, he's been on a few episodes with us over the years. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Today's episode is going to be all about DS games. Also, we should probably mention that we're a top five podcast. <laughs> if you've never been here before we never do that we don't ever we're a top five bit of... <laughs> look this, is, this has become shambles if you're already here and you've never been with us before well then just go back <laughs> to a couple of earlier episodes where I feel like we describe what this podcast Hang is on, I got this so if you've never been here before, we're a video game podcast and we focus on our top fives in video games and today we're talking about our top five Nintendo DS games beautiful thanks the wine is helping. Yeah. You're turning on and I'm switching off, so it'll just switch balance at some yeah. point. Yeah. DS. Yeah. Um, DS. When did the DS come out? Did we know? I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> We're not drunk. We have the notes up in front of us. I did. Um, and I didn't save. I think it came out like 2005, 2006, or like 2004, 2005. That would make sense for what was going on. We were like 14, 15. We were teenagers yeah. in the uh, in the DS days. I remember that well. Puberty. Puberty happened during the DS. Um, yeah, 2004, 2005, yes. Yeah. This was when we were coming in our real teenage years. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, was a, it was a crazy time for us, I think, in our lives. So it's an interesting... It's an interesting top five. What does DS stand for? I'd suddenly just thought it's a weird. I don't know. It's a weird name for a console. Let's have a look. DS. Um. Oh wait, here we go. Uh, the DS is an initial for developer system or dual screen. Makes sense. Uh, and I've it, spent years of my life not knowing that. Dual screen makes the most sense because mm. it has two screens. I. It's not very exciting. No, but. Probably why they called it the DS rather yeah. than the Nintendo, Nintendo dual screen. Yeah, yeah no that's... one wants that. That's not catchy. No. You can't sell that. It's like the Wii. But I have to admit, I don't like the word DS because whenever I say it, it just sounds really weird. Hey, do you want to play my Nintendo DS? <laughs> just... <laughs> it just it doesn't really roll. <laughs> she just changed to the Nintendo just... Where, yeah, whereas if you're like, hey, you want to play my Switch? It's like, you know. But... Yeah. Um, but then also... saying that, Wii U sounds fucking weird as well, so. I mean, yeah, Wii U, Wii. Yeah. Why do they name their console such weird things? I don't know. We're on a... GameCube. GameCube makes the most sense. Yes. Um, SNES. Even N64 was questionable. Yeah, what the hell was N64? I don't know. We're going off on a tangent right now. Yeah, so the Nintendo DS was a handheld system, if you never played it with it, um, and you weren't born before 2005. It was kind of like the next thing along from a Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. Yeah, actually, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was It was a mad time. It just suddenly appeared from nowhere, I think. Yeah. In the age of what I think was mostly consoles, like 
regular consoles mm. that got attached to your TV. Do you know, I forgot how like, small the screen was, though. I think back to DS days, I'm like, actually, I, I thought it was a big screen. But now, I think thinking about the Switch and stuff, I'm like, actually, it was a tiny fucking screen. Yeah, it was really small. Especially when you go back to the very first DS. Because it had, like most Nintendo's products, it had like different like versions of itself mm. like most consoles and you had like the first one which was like a real clunky thing yeah i remember as well mine mine was a bit broken so that when you like lifted it up like the, the joints on the back of it weren't like functioning so it would just oh. flap about and you'd often have to like hold it or it would just flap down oh annoying what the hell were you doing with your ds gaming vigorously <laughs> too hard <laughs> game too hard back in 2005 yeah that's fair uh it used to have internet i think it was one of the first things to get internet yeah, for nintendo it. but I don't, yeah i think until it got to the 3ds which was the 3d version but that is not going to be on our list today that's probably worth no saying we have been exclusive in saying that we're talking about the ds and not the 3ds no fuck that guy maybe at one point we'll do a list Maybe we won't. I've played one 3DS game. Well, then you won't be here when we do it, if we do. No, you get someone else to be here. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that was kind of it. Like I said, there was a couple of iterations. I think they got bigger, they got more square, but that was kind of it. Was there another one? Oh, the light. Yeah, you got the light. And then you also got... It changed from like a weird diagonally kind of topped thing to a more perfectly squared kind of thing. Did it? Yeah. So the first DS looked like this. Yeah. That's the DS, right? This, but this was the original, and the top of the oh, original was like a pointy. That's a thick boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very thick boy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have fatty. one of them. I had one of the pre. I must have had a DS Lite then. I think most people ended up with the DS Lite because it came came right. so much after, but it was like the more popular one. Maybe. And I think by Lite, it had the same size screen. It was just okay. smaller and fluffier, but the original one was a real chunky boy. Okay. Oh, cool, that's a nice colour. Anyway, we'll stop looking at, at the pictures. So let's um, let's just fucking get the show on the road because we've already wasted enough time talking shit. All right, off we go. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Oh, go. I think it's my turn to go first. I think you're right. Okay. Oh, wait. We forgot someone last time, and he's very angry. We cannot forget him today. We cannot. Before we start, if, again, you have not listened to the podcast, we have a man called Beetle, and he sounds like this. Oh! He basically tells us if we've had a crossover. Um, And by crossover, it means that I have a top five, and Nikki has a top five, and we don't talk about them before the podcast. So sometimes we have the same thing in our top fives. If that is, that becomes a crossover, and then you hear the gentleman come out of the cupboard. But we might have some today. I think we might have one, maybe. Yeah. Bets are on. But yeah, you're going first. Okay. My number five for top DS games that I have played uh, is going to be one called Elite Beat Agents. Mm -hmm. This was a music rhythm game uh, developed by someone called INIS, or Innis. Um, and was released 2006, so a couple years into the DS's lifespan. Um, it was, it's apparently a spiritual sec- successor or a westernized version of a game called Otsu Tanake Oendan. Oh yes, I know the one. Yeah. 
I've butchered that for sure. Um, but basically, it's like a real musicy tapper game to pretend like you're playing DDR, Dance Dance Revolution, mm-hmm. on your Nintendo Switch. And that's kind of what it is. Um, you kind of like tap and then you do some dragging and you do some wiggly lines on the thing because obviously you have a stylus with the DS and you kind of had to draw patterns or tap on this bottom screen. And you kind of were like watching the people dance in the background. Um, it had some kind of story in which you, the main characters who were helping by doing the dancing was the Elite Beat agents and they are well-trained spy members of a fictional government agency. I wish that was real life. Right? I wish that I could help people with my dancing. This is the whole thing. Apparently they never assist the people directly in these missions, but you encourage the people in there to do dancing and motivate Can you imagine the people? Some old lady falls down on the street and she's having a heart attack. Yeah. And you're just like, I know what to do. Well, this is what the elite beat agents do. They just start breakdancing. Yeah. And they're like, for the love of God, help her. Please, somebody save her. (laughs) And then you're just in the corner, just fucking like... Just jiving away. Doing the rope up. Yeah. And that somehow encourages her to overcome the obstacle of falling over. (laughs) No, she had a heart attack. Well, apparently... (laughs) Dancing <laughs> saves all in this fictional world. Fucking hell. Right? I want to live in that world. Yeah. And then depending on your success is dependent on how good and how accurate the agent's dance moves are. Uh-huh. So the better you are with your little stylus and the better the agent's dance, the more successful the mission. So saving the woman example that we're going with, mm-hmm. who's had a fallen over had a heart attack, if you do terribly... She might just pull through, but she might crawl herself across the road and still need to go. She'll crawl away from me because your dancing is so fucking terrible. Yeah. She's like, I can't be near. However, I don't even care that I'm dying. You dance fucking spectacularly and she's getting up straight off. Wow. Dancing her way to the hospital. That's not real. Or fixes her heart attack. (laughs) That's not how the world works. That's uh, science and medicine for you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it for this game. There's not a whole bunch to it. However, it had some banging tunes. Okay, good. You've got to have some bops. Well, you have to if you're saving lives. Yeah, there were some like more modern ones in, which I think are very off the time. It had like Walkie Talkie Man. Oh, it had actual music in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh, actually wow. had like, licensed music. But it had oh. Let's Dance by David Bowie. Oh. September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Okay. <laughs> and ABC by Jackson 5. Nice. To name a, a few. A, there a were a lot more. I think it had Good Charlotte. Um, yeah, that. there was some rad music I in mean, there. I mean, I'm just looking at the men. Yeah. And... Um, they are looking fabulous. Oh yeah, I in should their des- suits. So I should describe the men because this also comes into this comes into a fact that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so the men are all in suits, but then they have some really crazy quiffs, and I think one of them has an afro. He does. He's a red afro. Yeah, and apparently the agents were supposed to look like the village people originally. They were more okay. village people. They were kind of got more crazy hairdos than they do now, which, if you can believe, they had worse hairdos. But they were originally called the Disco Rangers. I like Which them. I think is a much better Disco name Rangers, than the Elite yeah. Beat Agents. Oh, I, I like their style. I mean, it's not dancing attire. It's literally, like, suits and a tie. Mm. They sort of look like they're going to a funeral. Um, but, you know, they've got style, and I respect that. Yeah, I think it just goes in with the special agent team, you know? Oh, right, yeah. They're going real... <laughs> James Bond about with it. Okay, yeah. But you're I mean, right. If you were gonna do, you know, dancing, dancing, you'd at least have some sort of tracksuit version of the yeah. of a suit, I think. Okay. Uh yeah, that's kind of it. The only other fact I have is that the Elite Beat agents and apparently there's Elite Beat Divas. Oh. Must be a women version, I assume. 
appeared in a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate as spirits. Wait, just the divas, not the agents? No, and the agents. Uh. Agents and the divas. Okay, well, they're in Why bikinis, don't... so that makes sense. For fuck's sake. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? I mean, yeah, the men are in full piece suits, and the women are in. What are those? That's those just are, a chip. That's, that's assless chaps. They're is in what that assless is. chaps and bikinis. For fuck's sake, Japan. I love you very much, but it's not fair that the men get to wear these like cool suits and the women are in assless chaps. <laughs> Can't the men be in assless chaps? For God's this sake. is. This is video games of the early two thousands. That's believe. true. This is just, yeah. you know, not that that's okay, but we'll 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 let it slide. It's, oh yeah, that's not fine. it. Excuse it's This just... is when we find out that Elite Beat <laughs> Davis came out last year. Yeah. <laughs> two thousand seven. Oh, that's well. Two thousand six. Oh, I know it's the same. Whatever. We do not forgive. No. But we will. But we forget. may forget. <laughs> we will forget. <laughs> I'm not going to remember this. Uh, yeah, but that's it. That's my number five. Elite Beat Agents. Okay. What a dancing time we had. So I'm going to premise my number five by saying, do you know what? No, please don't come for me if you're listening. Oh Jesus! Sign up especially. My mother, absolute hacker. So I had a DS. I had my own, but she had another DS, and a, and her DS was like chips like she had one of the ones where you put it into your computer and you download the roms and you put it on the ds and then basically you can obviously have whatever game the internet says that you can have yeah absolute hacker of a woman um that's where i get it from you had quite a few hacked consoles in your time um don't come for me police yeah i don't have any of these these things on me anymore Um, anyway, so obviously I, I, I played a lot of games, but honestly, I have no fucking memory. I have memory of a few, but I played a lot of strange things in my time. Mm. But these are the ones that I, I enjoyed the most. But it's why my memory is very vague when it comes to DS. Because I feel like when you actually own a game, you remember buying it and you, you know, yeah. legally and you put the money towards the company that made it. But no, sometimes you get people like me, 15 year old hackers. Anyway, sorry, I'm going on a massive tangent. But now you know my backstory. My number five. <laughs> Is Rune Factory. Oh, I Fantasy remember. Harvest Moon. That's actually in the name. Yeah, that's how it's described on, on things. Yeah. And Rune I Factory and Fantasy Harvest Moon. Playing this, actually. It is a simulation role-playing video game developed by Neverland and published by Marvelous Interactive Inc., Natsumi, and Rising Star Games. And it was released in like 2006, 2007. I, I basically got this because I was like, well, I adore Harvest Moon, as everyone knows. And it just looked super, super cute. And any farming game always like catches my attention but the game itself takes place in a place called Cardia which is a small city on the eastern tip of the Adonia continent which is surrounded by farmland and basically you're a man and you your name is Raguna and you wander into this town starved and dehydrated and you collapse in front of this uh this landowner called Mist and you have amnesia you have no idea where you are um and basically this person sort of gives you life again and they basically give you a house on on her land and you promise to work on the farm and then that's where the game begins basically um not really questions who you are which is a bit weird i mean that's kind of like all of the things right it's like mm. stardew and yeah. you know all the original this man Harvest could be Moons. a murderer you just get given a farm and no one yeah. asks how you but you, you rock up man. and you say you've got no memory that's a sign of a murderer mm. that's what i'd say if you were a murderer that's what you'd say i'd be like i don't fucking know who i am i must have a memory loss is that before or after you've committed the murders? Oh, though? after, because then you're like, I don't want anyone to know who I am. Oh, yeah, good point. So, 
you're basically you're a murderer and you've turned up to this farm. Yeah. I'm just changing the plot of the, the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, you work on the farm. You can fish. You can explore the caves in the wilderness, um, which is very similar to what kind of Stardew became in that mm. regard because obviously you can farm but you also do fighting because you can get a sword and that wasn't very Harvest Moony at the time like to be able to sword ship because Harvest Moon is very you know, zen yeah. yeah all about the farm you can propose to the eligible girls that's one of my favourite things to do you can capture monsters and you can expand your house um, the mechanics stay true to that kind of like Harvest Moon story of season type game which apparently obviously was the inspiration to this mm. It's very, it's very, very similar. You grow crops. You swing your tools around. Goodness. Um, you can't purchase animals, though, I don't think. I think it's more about, like, defeating monsters and things. Right. Um, but the mechanics are very, like, Legend of Zelda kind of old school style. And you can also befriend monsters, which is nice. Sounds cute. Sounds different. Yeah. There was a lot to this game, and I did find it somewhat overwhelming at the time. Um, but it was fun, and I enjoyed it. It was just very cute, and it had a very, like... It was very Japanese, and, and you basically got waifus. Nice. Very beautiful waifus. Yeah, I guess at the time, the, all we really... Because Stardew Valley was a distant dream at that point, and all we did yeah. have was Harvest Moon, yeah. which was, was great, don't get me wrong, but like you said, this kind of felt like it added a little bit more onto that. I don't know. The I, monster side of yeah, things, which I, kind of was helped. I thought Harvest Moon was on a downfall since A Wonderful Life anyway. Yeah. I wasn't really enjoying any of the Harvest Moons. I mean... I loved A Wonderful Life, but then after that, they all just seemed a bit meh. Yeah. Um, even the later ones, I still haven't played. And I want to. I really want to give them another go, but I don't know. I think I was looking for something that maybe captured it a bit better. Mm. And, you know, I wouldn't say that it necessarily did, but Rune Factory was just a fun game for a time. I think that's another thing to mention is my list. I'm not saying these are the best DS games ever. I'm just saying these are the DS games that I played that I thought were all right. Yeah, that you've remembered. Yeah, and that were all right. Yeah. So um, I actually couldn't find any fucking facts for this game other than the fact that several titles in the series because there's a lot of Rune Factories mm. now. I think they're still making them. Yeah, I think, I think one came one out recently. Barely recently. Mm. There's a they've received their own like manga adaptions. Oh, so that's, that's a cool. fun fact for you. But that's why it's on my list because I had a fun time. But yeah, you're not gonna write home about it. I'm not. I'm going to scream from the rooftops. No. Um, but I do remember you playing this, and I remember you explaining it to me. I don't think I ever saw you play it, or I don't think I ever played it myself, but I remember you being like, it's like Harvest Moon, but I have monsters. This is a great time. Yeah. Monster Rancher-esque mixed with Stardew Valley. Pretty much. Harvest Moon. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, I totally forgot about Rune Factory, and I'm glad you've reminded me of it, because again, I'm the same. I kind of want to play one of the later ones of it, just to see Mm -hmm. where they've gone to with it now. All right, we're on to my number four. Yes. All right. So my number four is going to be Professor Layton and the Curious Village. So this one is uh, the first one in the Professor Layton series. They are all puzzle adventure video games. Um, they were pretty much, I think they're all on the Nintendo DS. I don't think they've made any since having a, like the Switch or anything. I think maybe there is a crossover somewhere between Ace Attorney mm-hmm. and uh, Professor Layton now, but I'd have no idea what it was. It's been done by Level 5, who one of my favourite ones. And uh, I think it was released, I think, around 2007, 2008. Um, I think it was one of those things where Japan had it 2007 and we got it 2008. And the game, like I said, it's a very puzzly game. So it like it centers around uh, Professor Herschel Layton and his apprentice, Luke, I want to say Trinton. I can't remember if that's how you pronounced it, but Trinton. Um, and you're basically investigating around a village called St. Mystery. 
Pardon? Mystery. It's like a French spelling of mystery. But it's like mystery. How is that spelled? Look. Mystery. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, and you're kind of looking for a mysterious artifact known as the golden apple, which was an heirloom that somebody left. Um, and you basically... It's something like the Baron dies and then you use the golden apple to determine who gets his fortune after his death so people are trying to get it and they're trying to work it out um uh like all of the professor layton games the puzzles are all kind of like brain teasery kind of things there's a lot of like actual puzzles like putting puzzle pieces and things you know those old slidey puzzles you used to get the mm-hmm. kind of some of those some just general like math kind of brain teasery ones just other general things it was around it came after you know the I, what i call as the what was it called like brain training phase of yeah having the ds came around after that and i think everyone was super into they loved to train their brain anything that was seen as like i'm not playing a game yeah. i'm doing brain work oh, I'm, I'm not a nerd i'm just doing brain yeah work. i'm doing my i'm doing my brain studies i've improved my brain um so it's kind of around that so i had those kind of feelings to some of the games and stuff but um it looked very pretty it was kind of like a, i want to say like a hand-drawn style it was a little bit like cutesy animation as well like the actual cutscene animations were really well done they were really nicely animated and the game just looked really cute um it was mostly like drawn looking which just kind of worked at the time especially for the ds because i think now you look back at the ds graphics and i remember them being a lot nicer than they actually oh, were oh they were fucking shit yeah yeah after looking into this i was like wow but um, then that's the way it goes isn't it yeah that's like all old consoles yeah. and all old things i have to admit i think i found the puzzles pretty difficult <laughs> And I actually don't remember if I finished this game. It was a really long time ago that I played it. Um, And it was one of those ones where I think, if I did, I think I had to look up some answers to some stuff. I think you could get... There was a little thing in the game where you could get little tokens and that could solve basically a puzzle for you or give you a really big clue. Um, So I think I used quite a lot of those. Because it was difficult and my brain is not that great. But it was nice. It was a good time. Um, I don't know if you've ever played any of the... I didn't read. My mum did. (laughs) I was gonna say they were very mum games. Yeah, she she owned it. I never replayed really it. Yeah, they were fun. Like mm. it's one of those things where there was a nice little kind of mystery, and there was like a little murder mystery, and I can see why. Again, it was like on the mum things. Mums love brain training. They do. And then they also got to play more Professor Layton, so it kind of was a good segue into mm-hmm. playing the games. Um, so it's kind of that. I only have one fact because weirdly I thought I'd get loads of facts for this, but for this specific game, I only got one, and that was um, out of all of Europe it was only ever dubbed into English not any other European language oh yeah okay no idea why I think all the later ones were all translated I think it did really well and of course now there's quite a few um Professor Layton games I can't remember how many but there was quite a few after that um but yeah only this one got into put into English and that was it no more yeah. Did you say that they are still going or are they not doing research? I don't think they're still going I think there was a like I said there was a crossover I think they did well, they were talking about doing a crossover with um, Ace Attorney. Mm. I think they might have been re-released a little bit because I know the Ace Attorneys were re-released on Switch fairly recently. But I don't think they've made a new game from no. it for a while. I feel like they are on Switch as like, re- like the old You game. can play them. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine you probably... Because you can play some Switch games on... You can play some DS games on the Switch now. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's probably part of those. But yeah, they were fun. But I think maybe the time has gone for the puzzles. Maybe they'll come back. I hope they do because yeah I did always want to play them I love a puzzle game 
But yeah, that was um, number four. All right. My number four is a big one, but it's only my number four. All right. And that is Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Oh! Why have you done this? Is that a crossover? Yeah. Is that your number one? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Haha. <laughs> Beetle has come out. He hasn't been out in a really long time. He's also come out for a very apt thing. Oh, yeah, Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. So, we can do this together. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I'm going first. So, this came out in 2007, and it was obviously developed and published by Nintendo. Um, It is the 14th installment in the Legend of Zelda series, and a direct sequel to the 2002 GameCube title, The Wind Waker, which is one of my favourite Zelda games. Um, it follows the story of Wind Waker, um, focusing on the series protagonist Link, which actually makes me think, it's like it was like one of the first like sequels, right, in Zelda, because normally yeah, they don't really follow on like that. I guess Majora Mark. Oh, Majora, yeah, so that was kind um, of the closest one. Yeah, but this is like a direct. Yeah, like definitely linked. This is timeline. Like Majora's Mask is kind of like it could be. It was like a parallel universe. Yeah, it was like timeline continuation rather Um, than a direct kind of. But yeah, this this one goes straight on. Mm -hmm. It's about Link's journey to save his friend Tetra from the story's antagonist Bellum with the help of Captain Lineback and his ship, the SS Lineback, because who wouldn't name a ship after themselves? Um, As I said, takes place after the Wind Waker, in which Leek. Link, leak, leak, leak. The, the new protagonist, leak, uh, defeats Ganondorf. Spoiler alert! My goodness. I mean, he's always defeated, <laughs> and then he always comes back. Um, who is currently in, uh, basically like turned to stone at the bottom of the ocean mm. um, under Hyrule, and basically Link and Tetra travel um, in her pirate ship, and uh, some shit happens, and Link at one point sort of falls in the water like a dickhead. Um, and washed ashore, awakens by a fairy, and then the game... That's the game. Yeah. That's not the whole game, that's just where the game starts. But that's the game, yeah. Um, the game is divided into two gameplay types, so, like, sailing between islands and exploring the islands and their dungeons, and uh, Link discovers and utilises, like, many sort of items that you get in the older games, like boomerang, bows, and bombs. And the cool thing about it is you get to, like, have a little map of the area on the, the Nintendos. I think it's a top screen. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, and you also have like obviously this cool stylus stuff because obviously Nintendo DS had a mm-hmm. stylus, and you can kind of like draw shapes to open certain doors and pull out paths and and do some some other cool shit. Yeah, the map was useful in that mm. sense, like having the stylus and the map, like you could draw things. It was like, oh yeah, now I know where I'm going. I've got to say as well, generally I don't really like little Zelda games like this. Generally, I mm. you know I'm not I'm a huge fan of like Minish Cap or like. The other ones, even Link's Awakening, I've not played. I've never been a huge fan of. I like Toon Link and Wind Waker, but the other kind of Link, top I, down Link, yeah, I call him. Yeah, the more original. I've never been a huge fan, but I did. I did like this, and I think it was because I loved Wind Waker so much. And I remember I played it a lot in sixth form. I'd sit yeah. there in my little, in my little chair playing DS while I was supposed to be studying and being in classes, but I didn't go. That's good. So I was a rebel. That's sixth form for us. I, I was think. a dumb dumb. Yeah. Anyway, that's most of my explanation. Do you have anything to add? No, I think you've pretty much covered it. Um, it, Like you said, it's just played exactly like Wind Waker as well. So if you enjoyed Wind Waker, kind of fed on that. Because it was mm-hmm. literally just sail sea and then find island, get off island, do dungeon. Yeah. Or go shopping. It was nice. Yeah, it was a nice time. I did watch some gameplay of this earlier, though, to remind myself what it was like. And I've got to say, something stuck out to me, like, big time. And that's Link's eyebrows. 
now eyebrows. once you see it you can't really unsee it um or just destroy the table it's fine. yeah um you can only really see it in video but they're huge and they're very expressive and it's like they move like they're it's like someone's come along and drawn on eyebrows big thick black eyebrows with a marker pen and it doesn't look good <laughs> like it just i mean he had sort of these eyebrows in in wind waker but they just look i don't know whether it's because it's a small screen Maybe they, yeah, maybe they made it a bit bigger. They looked like they had a mind of their own, and I didn't like it. They were like big caterpillars on his eyes. I mean, you're right. They are pretty. Like, look at that. Oh one. yeah, that's a good like example. they're too much. And uh, for that reason, it's my number four. Was this? <laughs> I'm not finished yet. Well, we were like drawing on our eyebrows quite heavily. Probably. So Link's clearly in on that. He's mm. like, I'm gonna get my fucking Rimmel black eyeliner and draw on my eyebrows. Yeah, I see what you mean now. I think it's because it's also floating on his blo- like blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, and it's because he's small and they've had to obviously condense his character mm. model down. Oh yeah, this is a good one. This is a good picture. Basically, <laughs> him looking out the front of a boat with a seagull and I think the eyebrows are about the same size as the seagull's wings. <laughs> they are. I'm sorry, I don't mean to eyebrow shame you, Link, but sort it out. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so we can go into facts though. I don't know if you've got any facts. Uh, did I actually find any facts for this? Because I was like quite distracted by the fact that I'm not sure if I could find anything I thought was worth mentioning. I've got two. Mm. Um, I've also got two. Okay, I'll do one and then you do the other one if they're the same one. Um, I've got that the series producer, Ng Anuma, considers Phantom Hourglass to be his favorite Zelda game. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mine is not very interesting. It's just it's the first game in the Zelda series that does not include any new tools that all items have been featured previously in other games. Oh, that's interesting. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and I've got another one. Uh, my second one was about um, an island called... Oh, yeah. DS too, Island. Yeah. Um, which is basically in the shape of a DS light mm-hmm. when shown from the sea. Um, apparently it was also something that was going to be in the GameCube version like Wind Waker but mm. um, it got scrapped but they thought oh fuck it it's the DS version who cares about that let's throw it in there do you want matter of fact yeah Phantom <laughs> Hourglass is also the first Zelda game to not include a playable instrument unlike its predecessor <laughs> top quality facts that's a good point actually because he's like I guess he's not on the he doesn't need the sailboat well, it's think... like a powered boat isn't it this one rather than Red Dragon oh sorry first 3D Zelda game oh because obviously it wouldn't have been the other ones. Oh, so like yeah. Ocarina, yeah, Ocarina, Wind Waker, Baton. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's an Ocarina in Majora's Mask. Yeah. So that was then the first 3D one after that. So anyway, all of my facts are fucking boring. Yeah. Sorry, I stole. That's fine. I mean, you've literally stole the one I was about to talk about. So I will use this opportunity to talk still one of mine. about what I think you probably won't have if you've had that, and I'm going to talk about Spirit Tracks, which is the other. Zelda DS ah. game. So this is The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. So this one also set as a sequel to The Phantom Hourglass. So this one came after it. Sequel after a sequel. Oh, yeah, okay. so it's like sequel to Wind Waker, then it was, was Phantom Hourglass. Sequel to Phantom Hourglass is Spirit Tracks. Um, and this basically follows the same uh, versions of Link and Zelda as they explore a new world of new Hyrule. Um, and you navigate New Hyrule instead by sea, but by land. Uh, this is all about trains, hence spirit tracks. Oh, I fucking love trains. No, <laughs> fucking love a train. Oh, yeah. um, it's basically 
uh, you tune in and Link's there and he's becoming a train driver. He's just decided it's his new lease on life. That is what he needs to do. He's I like, think... I don't want to save the world anymore. I'm just going to become like a fucking yeah. train driver. I think essentially what happened was that they found a new world outside of all the sea world and they were like, we're going to call this one New Hyrule. And then instead of, you know, going about by sea, we need some land land travel. So let's just create a railway. Yeah, let's do a railway. Because that's easier than just walking on foot. Apparently. There is something to the railway though. Um, the railway is basically holding in the grand spirit of uh it's like king maldus is the name of the non-ganon ganon in this one so he's not ganon but he's thinking he's ganon he's kind ganon, of but he's not ganon. i think what happens spoilers in the end is that he brings ganon back oh because they always bring ganon back um but yeah you drive your little train around on the little thing um and you've got to change the little like railways around and it's very similar to Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass um, in the sense of like you navigate by train system and you're just kind of on there and you kind of see around and you can change the track stuff. It's the same as Phantom Hourglass which is the 3D one but it's also kind of that top down one. Very use of similar stylus and stuff like little slashing around with your sword would be quite fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. I don't really have much to talk about because that's this fine. is just a random one but it was a good time. I did enjoy this. Um, oh, I never played it. It was... I don't think as good as Phantom Hourglass. I think the story in Phantom Hourglass was better. I think this one was more like... I was so concentrated on the, this new guy. Um, and I remember getting to the end and there was a really like annoying train battle thing that I had to do. Train battle? Yeah, you would battle your trains. <laughs> there, was some, there was some weird mechanics around... Like, you couldn't... If there was a rail... If there was an evil train on the track, it would chase you and eat your train. Like an evil Thomas the Tank Engine. Pretty much. And you had to avoid those. And it was kind of like a top-down view of the map. And you had to plot where to go to avoid those. Um, and in the end, it was like you were on a really small track and you had to avoid two. But there was also a big guy you were trying to murder. And it was just... There was a lot of train railway yeah. management. I see. Know? I think I was... You know, when I heard about Phantom Hourglass, I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like, it's a cool name like an hourglass or some shit that goes down with that and I was like nice and everyone was like spirit tracks and I'm like cool what's it about and they're like trains and I was like no yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm out I'm, I'm out I don't you know trains are cool and everything it just it just it didn't feel like my vibe yeah that's fair and it may be a really good game but I just I see Link and I see a train and it just doesn't vibe doesn't click with you I played this game way later I remember buying it um, for my 3DS like a couple of years ago. I played it really recently. Oh, wow. I was just like, you know what? I really wanted to play a Zelda. I was just in the mood. And this was one of the one, more modern ones that I hadn't played rather than going all the way back to the very beginning what kind of ones. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a go. And it was fun. It kind of scratched that Zelda itch a little bit for me while I waited for new Zelda that still isn't out. Mm. Um, so it worked in that way but yeah I would say it's probably not as good as Phantom Hourglass which is why I had Phantom Hourglass in my list but as a stand-in I think pretty good to replace the Zelda Very game good. with the Zelda game and you nailed the description and everything like it was already there thanks my number three is not going to be a crossover we are on number three right yep yeah. uh, this is a bit of a weird one this is Siberia oh I've never heard of this one 
Um, so it's a franchise of graphic adventure games created by Belgian comic artist and video developer Benoit Socal. And I say it's a franchise because Siberia is like, there's a big collection of them. I've only played the first one, but there is many. And I, I really want to go back and, and replay them. But uh, it's set within sort of an alternate universe to this world. Um, and it was designed by Socal and introduced in the 1999 video game Amazon, which was like a series developed by the French video game company Microids. So it's like based on this other world, basically mm-hmm. in this other world. But it, it looks like a normal world. Um, it came out in 2002, so quite early. Actually, wait, I don't know. Sorry, that came out in 2002, sorry. This game came out in 2007, six? Doesn't matter, don't need to know. But it's a point and click adventure game um, from a third person perspective, which um, I obviously loving things like Broken Sword and all of that stuff was like, yes, I'm into this. My mum also was the one that got this game. So thank you, mother, for introducing me to this game even if you are a hacker. So yeah, you solve puzzles and you follow sort of certain procedures in order for the storyline to proceed. And the storyline basically follows a lady, which was cool, which is why I liked it. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I'm into this. Yeah, yeah. A lady called Kate Walker. She is a lawyer, an American lawyer. Mm. And she's tasked with overseeing them. <laughs> it sounds like a really boring game. It's not. The major sale of a company and her subsequent journey across Europe and Russia to find the brother of her recently deceased uh, owner of the company. But basically, like, it's like someone, like, this person's brother died and he's, like, the actual proper owner. But apparently he's not dead. And, like, there's this whole, like, kind of plot twist. Um, and it kind of involves her life a little bit as well. And so, yeah, it was. It did feel like quite a mature game when I was playing it. I was like, mm. this feels like, you know... But it, it's more like... I guess it's more like Broken Sword in the sense of it's sort of real lifey, a little bit wacky, because it's not quite set in this world. Yeah. But it did feel quite, like, adult, I suppose. I think, especially when you think about the DS, you sometimes don't think about the more, like, adult versions of things things but actually like we were saying ds was quite popular with mums yeah it was definitely a mum console it was so i think things like this make sense because it's like murder mysteries and yeah you know and my mum really loves all that shit like she liked the professor layton mm-hmm. um stuff i've also just seen that i think they've actually just released either they're going to or a new siberia is coming out this year oh that's it's cool very exciting um i also just wanted to confirm i think actually the first Siberia that I'm talking about did actually come out quite a long time before it came out on the DS, hence my confusion. And then it only later was released on the DS, if that makes sense. That's why right. I'm confusing myself. Okay. So the original game came out in 2002, uh, but it was later ported version. for the DS. That explains my visible confusion. Right, yeah. We're with you now. So it didn't, I will be honest, it didn't look amazing. And I looked at it earlier on yeah. YouTube and I was like, this does look a little bit shit. But it was cool because it had kind of had like a very art nouveau and kind of like clock punk fiction, mm-hmm. as it's described, kind of vibe to it. It did look very grey. Very grey. But it was set in Russia and Europe. And... I mean, it's a lot of snow and grey, isn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of snow. Yeah. Siberia kind of gives it away that it's just <laughs> probably going to be a bit snowy and grey. Yeah. So anyway, going back a little bit to the story... Um, you you go on this adventure and and I remember there was something to do with her this brother that you were looking for that was apparently dead maybe wasn't dead had a weird obsession with mammoths okay which later becomes a thing yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm making this game sound so fucking weird but yeah anyway I had a fun time 
And uh, and that's all I really have to say without giving away the story. But I have some facts. That's, I mean, it's good. To be fair, now I'm thinking about with the DS, point and click games would have been perfect. Oh, they were great. Yeah. Um, actually, however, before I go on to facts, um, the DS like reception was not good because oh. the they took away a lot of the voice acting, which I didn't oh. realise because I played it without ever playing the original right. or anything else. Yeah. And I... So I just sort of had it as, you know, I was very much used to text with that voice acting. It didn't really bother me. There was a little no. bit in there, but not much. And then everyone was just like, what the fuck? They've basically taken it out. And because obviously, because when a game is ported to the DS, you need to completely and utterly change it so you can have like the different screens mm-hmm. and all that kind of malarkey. Yeah. And I think the little screen stuff worked really well. But obviously now on reflection, I'm thinking maybe it actually wasn't great. And maybe I should replay it on my Switch. So mm. I think they're ported to Switch now. Oh, okay. And yeah, and see kind of a, th- a bit more of the original version compared to the yeah. DS version. Nice, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, it didn't have very good reception on DS really, but that was the first time I played it and it was good enough for me. Um, I don't think I played any of the later ones, but I would like to get into it because now I've sort of gone back to it and remembered it. I'm like, I'm, in- I'm intrigued. Yeah, you could do that one. Um, sad thing is though, my only, actually my only facts, some of them are really very interesting. Um... Actually, I'll give you a happy fact and a sad fact. So, oh, in 2011, yeah. Adventure Gamers named Siberia the 15th best adventure game ever released. Aww. 15th. I mean, it's okay. That's not bad. I mean, in terms of every 15th, adventure game ever. Yeah. I don't know what adventure gamers are. <laughs> I don't know what their standpoint is. Well, I think, yeah. But I they mean, named it the 15th. Go Adventure Gamers. They know. I guess they'd be the prime people mm. to talk about adventure games. Sad fact. Oh, no. Um... So the game's creator, Benoit Sokal, died in May 2001. Oh, that's sad. And the latest game was um, still in progress. Anyway, I I would say, if you're any doubt, cause I think Siberia is actually really cheap on the Switch now. I think it's like a quid or two quid or something. I was going to buy it the other day. Oh, go for it. Um, go have a look. It's it's kind of got that kind of broken, sorty, adventure vibe, if you like point and click um, and, and grey scenes. <laughs> you're really selling it. I liked it back yeah. when I was 15. I would like to try it again. Anyway, I've talked too much now. Please go on to your number two. Okay. My number two. Yes. Is what one of my favourite games. And I could play this forever and a day. It is Cooking Mama 2. Oh, of course. I remember you always having Cooking Mama on, like, you're the box. Like, I remember you... Yeah. Just every time I was ever in your vicinity of a room around that age, especially, I just remember always just seeing Cooking Mama. It's because I was always playing at that age. I think... So I feel like how much I like Cooking Mama was, you know, you were saying about being in sixth form. This is all I mostly remember from sixth form is Cooking Mama. I remember mm. sitting in your lessons because mm. I had a free period. Oh, in my lessons. I think I was in, I think what happened was I was like, you guys, I think our friend group had like, we were all in the same kind of classes, but they were split into two things. I think for like photography, I was in a different photography class to you, but we both did photography. So I would go with you guys to sit in the photography room because mm. I was always in the photography room. But I'd just play DS because it was my free period. I was just getting like scenes being like, did I just bring you to lessons? And the teacher was just like, oh, it's fine. It's just step. <laughs> She's around. She has nowhere else to be. I'm just sitting playing Cooking Mama. Leave me to it. I'm having yeah. a wonderful time. I do remember this. Yeah. Um, so Cooking Mama, obviously a sequel to the original Cooking Mama game on DS. I want to say Cooking Mama is better than the original one because it has double the recipes first off I mean more recipes in a cooking mama game what else do you do um, it also you had more people 
Uh, I think you could not only play cooking with Mama, but you could cook with all the random Mama family household. There was many of them for some reason. <laughs> many mamas. <laughs> many mamas. Grandpas, you know, children. I don't know what relation anybody was, but everyone was there. Um, I think it also added the ability to um, pick utensils. So apparently the original one didn't have this, but it was like it picked different utensils for different tasks. So, for example, uh, when you were doing like a mixing of ingredients, you could either choose chopsticks or whisk. Um, and then depending what one you pick, like one utensil would finish the job faster and uh, another one would like give you a bonus because it would finish faster and then the other one would just break stuff um, or it would m require more physical work and therefore be like more task but it would be risk free and oh, I don't know there was some weird mechanic to picking the right like utensil for the thing I don't think I ever nailed it but I always had a great time doing it you basically I don't really know how to describe what you do in Cooking Mother other than cook um, you basically get a selection of recipes to choose from they range from like really simple making an omelette to really complicated dishes with various different things you have to do and you just kind of use your chalice to do the various tasks that are involved in making that dish so chopping frying stirring decorating you did like flipping we had some because uh, it, obviously it was originally a Japanese game so there were some more Japanese based dishes it's how I know how to make like mochi and random uh, like takoyaki things like that like I know because we're in Cooking Mama and you had like branded things you put like little mama's face on some of your dumplings that you made and things like that it was a great time I don't know why I was so obsessed with this game it was just one of those games where I was like I find this zen as fuck and yeah. all I want to do is just chop stuff and make mama happy and to this day, all I want is to play Cooking Mama, and I don't have a new one. There was supposed to be a new one on Switch coming out, and it came out, I think, for all of, uh, like, a day, and then they took it off the store again. Or it was, like, an hour, and then it took off the store. Why? I don't know. There is some controversy around it, and I keep meaning to look up why, but I keep forgetting why they took it off. I think it was, like, not really supposed to be released, and it wasn't very good, and the people who originally made Cooking Mama weren't happy with it, and they didn't want it released. And then I think it got released because they went around the like owners of Cooking Mama and released it, like the company were making it. And then the yeah, the owners of Cooking Mama were like, no, 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 that's trash. We don't want to be associated with it. You have to pull it from the store. How weird. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Who is Mama? All I know is that Mama looks just like a happy lady. Um... And she just kind of yells at you about what to do. Is there she's... multiple mamas or is there only no, one? No, it's always one mama. She's always got she a happy face. She's the matriarch. Face. Yeah, she's the matriarch for the family. She's always teaching you how to do different things. She's sometimes really there, happy, she's sometimes not. picture you're currently looking at with Cooking Mama with fire in her eyes. I think she's really pumped at that point. She looks mad. You've done all the things and she's done the stuff. She's never... Oh, that might be an angry one. Sometimes she's angry because you didn't do a good job. Sometimes she's ecstatic and she's like fuck you you've done a great job okay. um i think papa doesn't look as happy that's papa yeah <laughs> i didn't realize there was a papa well this is what i mean there's the I never whole really played it. family there's like a whole range of cooking mama family members there's grandpa grandma, grandpa? i want to see grandpa uh, cooking... what's his name is his name pappy is he pappy let's have a look uh, oh, grandma cool. grandma let's have a look at grandma Grandma. Grandma's cute. Yeah, Grandma's right. cute. Granddad. We like. 
be like grandma. Can you remember granddad? Oh, grandpa's cute. I was yeah. expecting grandma to be weird, but no, grandpa is cute. No, they're all cute. It's all a very yeah. cutesy look um, to things. There was different cooking mamas, but I think instead of cooking, it was like some other thing that they were doing. Because I feel like there was a baby involved at one point. Cooking the baby? Yeah. Cook. Wait, what? No. It was like, I think instead <laughs> of... I said instead of cooking, you were doing something else. And you just went, cooking cooking the baby. Instead of cooking food, you cook the baby. You cook babies. I knew she was a demon. It took a dark turn. You can see it in her eyes. Yeah. No one's that happy about I feel like cooking mama, I don't know, I don't trust her. I feel like if I did something wrong, she'd like get a spatula and put it on the hob and then just burn me with it. Why would you do this? Do what? Well, she likes you. I'm sure she might like me. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I just feel like there's a dark side to cooking mama. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But how do you know what you're actually cooking with is actually, you know, meat? What if it's human? I mean, this could be the dark version of cooking mama that you've uncovered here. Oh, I wonder if there's a creepy pasta for cooking mama. We're going to Google <laughs> that. Anyway, I don't have anything else to really say about cooking mama other than I have one fact. And that is, during the month of December, Christmas items are unlockable, including Mama dressed as Santa. Terrifying. Right. There is a Cooking Mama creepy pasta. Oh, for goodness sake. And I'm going to send it to you Thanks. once we finish. We're going to have a nice time by the fire. Yeah, that sounds a good time. Um, anyway, sorry. That <laughs> is my number two. It's Cooking Mama. I played it a lot. There's not much to it, but I had the best time. And I think many other people did too, because there's many Cooking Mama games. Good. <laughs> okay. End of discussion. So, my number two is one of my favourite DS games ever. And if I played it now, I don't know if I'd still say that. But I had a great time with it. And it is Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo Tales. This was a brilliant game. This was a banger. Yeah. Did you own it or did you just play mine? I played yours. You lent it to me and I had a wonderful time. Yeah. So uh, it translates from the Japanese um, name of Chocobo and the Magic Picture Book. And it's a Nintendo DS adventure game developed by Hand, whoever they are, and published by Square Enix, obviously, and was released in like 2006, 2007. Um, It is obviously a Final Fantasy spin-off starring a Chocobo in a setting which features common elements and creatures and stuff from the series that we all know and love. Um, and the music from, I think, the rest of the games is kind of just reused. There's not really, I don't think, many new pieces. It's just sort of... More Chocobo music. Yeah, but also there was, like, battle music and all the other... Oh, cool. ...kind of stuff. And I think it was Nobu Samo that, that, that did it. Like um, remixing kind of versions. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So I don't think there was, like, really new music. It was just kind of reused stuff. Um, so the game is basically composed of a number of mini-games woven into the main adventure. So there's, like, the sort of role-playing part exploration and then like card battles there's also like weird turtle racing which is like one of my favorite things to do oh god yeah i forgot about turtle racing. um you basically explore like a 3d environment to find picture books and upon finding them you're transported into like a pop-up picture book to complete mini games and then open the path up to the next story to be honest i was going to write in what the actual story was but honestly apparently it's just basically non-existent i can't really figure it out i don't think it's very interesting it's more just like hey there's a thing happening oops you fall into a picture book and it's not really about the story in my opinion i mean mm. there is there is story to it but when i sort of looked for the actual like narrative i was like this isn't that interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah you, and you sort of have pop-up duels as well so there's like this combat part to it and actually it's a lot but it's very pokemon-y because the battles utilize like a deck constructed from cards you've collected and i remember some of the cards having like i think one of them had like ifrit and like shiva on it stuff and you could like mm. throw i think like certain like old characters from all the games and they almost like fight for you 
Yeah. And you have like these decks and it, yeah. And normally I don't like any of that card shit, but I don't think it was really that. It wasn't that card gamey, really. It was more that you have the people that are fighting from the cards and the cards have their stats on, but it wasn't really like... It didn't go too in-depth for carding no. of like where you had to do stuff, but you could do. I think it was yeah. one of those nice ones where it was like, it was simple, but you yeah. could also go really ham into yeah. it if you wanted. And it really was not the most complex game of its time. It was very simple. Yeah. It was mostly just a game filled with mini games, but it had chocobos in it and it had like the mages and there was like black mage that's like VV. And there was there was a Moogle in it, mm-hmm. and there was maybe a few other things. And I I liked the sort of throwback to some of the other like even like the, you know Ifrit and it's just adorable. Yeah, it was really adorable and it looked really good. And I still think it actually looks good now. Although I may have watched a video that was a remastered version of it because I think it came out on like Wii U or something. Um, but it's just fucking cute, and I liked Final Fantasy at the time, especially when I was fifteen. And it was this cool new little like cartoony game that had chocobos in it, and it was just yeah, it was hard not to love it. And yeah. even looking back on it now, I'm like. If this was on Nintendo Switch, maybe it is, I'd, like, I'd buy it. Yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. Mostly probably just for nostalgia. Yeah, it but... was a nice time. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, I do remember just having a really lovely time with it. I think I finished it quite quickly because I was just like, oh, this is just mm-hmm. this is just sweet. This is just a nice, lovely yeah. game. It's just one of those. It was different as well. I think yeah. it was quite different. Yeah, it didn't feel like anything else, but it had that kind of nice bit. Like you said, it was being into Final Fantasy at the time, it just kind of ticked all of those Final Fantasy boxes, but it was just kind of an easier, kind of cute version that was just kind of nice to No, I remember when I got this, and I was at Gatwick Airport when I was like 15, 16, and I was about to go on holiday to Turkey with my Mm ex-boyfriend, and obviously I was very young, and it was with his family, it wasn't like he was like, you know... Swindling your way (laughs) to Turkey. Um, and apparently I decided that the best thing to do just before I got on a plane to go on holiday with my boyfriend's family is to go in to HMV and buy a, and buy a DS. Even though I'm about to go to a sunny place. You, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you knew what you didn't want to do, which was be social on that trip. So I, I bought the Nintendo Switch and it, because there was like, everyone was like, oh yeah, no, um, BAT or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it to be honest, it was so cheap. Yeah. I think it was just because it was back then. It was, you know, the good old days. Yeah. And it was just cheap. And I remember I saw the Chocobo Tales. And so I bought this, the light and I bought Chocobo Tales. And I was like, yes. And I and I sort of remember playing on the plane. And I think that was my excuse. I was like, yeah, play on the plane. And then I yeah. get there and I'm like, I play it all the time. This is all I'm doing. <laughs> but no, I did, I did go outside. But it's just weird. You know when you just like think back to like memories of like yeah. when you... And the DS, I think, is a very nostalgia. I mean, we have to accept the fact that we're old and... That was a while ago that that came out, and that is old times mm. now. Yeah. Anyway, let's get off of that. Let's not, bring us let's not dwell. Yeah. Um, I've got a great fact. Now, I couldn't find any facts about the game, but I found some facts about Chocobos, because it's about Chocobos. Mm-hmm. Apparently, so the early Final Fantasy games had this sort of incredible concept art of Chocobos created by Yoshitaka Amano, um, but apparently he originally envisioned the Chocobos as being bold, completely bold just naked chickens naked and there was even a a concept I I saw I haven't got in front of me of of like what they would have looked like and honestly it's horrible I need to look at this they look like turkeys it's um and I just thought it was fucking hilarious yeah there you go oh no horrible no it looks like a, a bold pterodactyl chicken yeah that's horrible yeah so thank god um that didn't yeah, I didn't happen. Thank 
because it would Jesus. not <laughs> you would if you saw that running at you you'd run the other way you'd, you'd be never like, get on I'm it I'm not I feel like I can just I'm just hearing the chocolate theme tune but just like demonic in my mind <laughs> just slow down just, and like there's ten just like oh, duh, 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 duh like almost like a heavy metal version yeah <laughs> that just coming towards you <laughs> with the insidious like little violins <laughs> horrible and my other fact is a lot nicer which is just that um, obviously Chocobos were probably inspired apparently by Norse Valley of the Wind um, because they had like the bird thing in it yeah. but obviously they do say that the you know people used they had the idea of large birds as mounts from a very long time ago before any of this and also you kind of got those weird shoebill mm-hmm. birds that kind of look a little bit like the birds in Skyward's Sword. Yeah, they're quite big. Um, they look very grumpy. But yeah, they. I don't know who has decided this, but I have heard this before that yeah, Norse Cavallo the Wind is uh, thought to be where hmm. potentially Chocobos were inspired by. Who knows? But anyway, that's my my facts for Chocobo Tales. Very cute game. Yeah, I'm glad you've mentioned that one. I had a feeling you were going to mention it, which is why I didn't put it on my list. But I did really enjoy playing. It was a nice game. Um, we're on to number ones. Shall we, shall we do honourable mentions? Real oh, quick? yeah. <laughs> just eviling you in preparation. Yeah. Um, so I only have three. Okay. Um, because one of mine was Spirit Tracks, but I've used that. And actually, I've only got two. One. Because <laughs> two what? I've lost, I've lost Chocobo Tales. Okay. Uh, so I've only got Warrior Wear. That's it. Okay. I, one of mine, actually Warrior Wear's a good one. I'll steal that. Touched. A great time. Drawn to Life was a game that I really enjoyed. Oh, I don't know that one. You draw. And it comes to life. I guessed, you know. (laughs) Okay. I actually had Cooking Mama on here, as an honorable mention. Nice. This is one that you're going to be confused at, Mm. that I've not included in my number one. Because I'm telling you now it's not my number one. Um, It might be your number one, I'm not sure. But I didn't mention it because I feel like I've talked about this game a lot. And I don't want to bring it necessarily in my number one. It's quite a build-up you're giving this. And also I sort of forgot about it until very recently. Okay. <laughs> it's Harvest Moon on the DS. That is surprising that it's not in your list. Yeah, I sort of actually forgot about it um, until, like, we started recording. <laughs> Mostly because there's a big... Uh, the story that I remember yeah, I quite fondly from... Fondly, it's not the problem. Well, this is why I, I wanted to mention it so we at least um, talk about it. Yeah, was... I remember... Because you were playing it, like, non-stop for a while. You were just so into the Harvest Moon. It was around the same time that I was constantly playing Cooking Mama. Mm-hmm. You were on Cooking Mama and I was on Harvest Moon. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember one day, we're all sat watching TV. Nikki's on her DS. And we just hear this horrible cry of, Oh God, no, my cows. And you'd been working for ages to get these cows. Yeah. You'd, you'd been slaving away. There was one cow in particular that was my favourite. Well. Yeah, you'd got a baby cow and you loved it. Yeah. Howard Moon. Howard Moon. Like Howard Moon yeah. from my boosh. Yeah. N- named Atley. Of that time. And uh, what happened? The barn collapsed and he died. And I didn't know that was a thing that happened in Harvest Moon. Why is I that a thing? before. Yeah. And I just got Howard Moo and Howard Moo suddenly was dead and I never played that game ever again. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> anytime I play any sort of 
Harvest Moon related game. Like when I first started Stardew, I I'm so paranoid yeah. that it my barn is going to collapse anymore. I don't think nobody ever collapses barns and murders your animals. It was I'd be I've been playing Harvest Moon games since I was a, maybe this is why I've not included it because I'm still mad. Yeah. Um, I've been playing them since I was a kid, and there never has a barn collapsed and killed my animals. And suddenly, my cow was dead. He was just a baby, and now he's dead. And that's not going on my top five. No, that's fair. But <laughs> now we think about it, I don't really understand why it's not in your no, top five. No, it's it's a Harvest Moon game and it's fantastic, but it was also a lot like A Wonderful Life on the GameCube. Yeah. It followed, I think, it followed the same characters, the same kind of layout of the land. It was very similar, and so in fact, it was in some ways almost a bit of a duplicate of that game, but more in the old school style of Harvest Moon. Um, you know, and I had a wonderful time and I played it fucking loads, but, you know, I'm sorry, but if you put make a fucking mechanic in a game where your barn can collapse and kill your animals, I'm out. I'm with you, honestly. Paranoid. Anytime I build any sort of barn now, I'm checking that I've built it to stone before I put anything in it. Well, I don't... I honestly... I don't even know why. No. Why me? Why you, why indeed? Have why have you done that? Anyway. <laughs> Taken too <laughs> too my, soon from this world. That's my honourable mention. Yeah, I like it. It's a good honourable mention. Um, is that all your honourable... That was... Okay. So my number one is going to be a Pokemon game. Okay. Um, actually, I should have mentioned one of them in my honourable mentions, but I didn't because I wanted to know what this one was. So what I've gone for number one is Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Instead of Pokemon Black and White, which also came out in the DS, Black and White some of my favourite Pokemon games, but Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver just take it. So this is a remake of the Game Boy Pokemon games, Gold and Silver. They re-released in 2009. You basically, to get to play through not only as uh, like Johto, which is the land of Gold and Silver, but also once you've kind of finished the land of Johto, normally you end, you become Pokemon Master and that's it, the game ends. But this one lets you then go to the next region, you go on to Kanto, which is from Red and Blue. And you basically play through that whole entire game and then you do another like, you know, end kind of level until you're like po- actual Pokemon champion of two regions. And for what I feel like is mostly that reason alone, it's just the best Pokemon game. You just kind of go around capturing the whole land. You play kind of the same as all the Pokemon games. You leave as a small child off into the wilderness and off you go on an adventure, catching and, you know, training up Pokemon and defeating everybody in the land. It was a great time. Um, but yeah, there's just something about Heart, Gold and Soul Silver. It's kind of the, one of the really highly rated Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. They just did everything right. I think because Gold and Silver were such good games. They followed on really quickly after Red and Blue, but they kind of started to add some little pieces that kind of worked. Um, and then I think with this remake, they just kind of added on a few more of the more modern elements that they'd add s- since the original games. Um, you had the more berry bushes, which are in there. You kind of started to get more kind of easy battles, more trading berry stuff. Bushes. Berry bushes, yeah. You got berry bushes, you get what your you, berries. What you do with the berries? You feed them to your Pokemon. Oh. It's, uh, you know, health things. Mm-hmm. and You can give, you give them to hold. Your Pokemon hold items for you and they eat a berry when they need to. That's good. Yeah, it's a good time. They're learning how to live by themselves. Yeah, you've got to teach them. Sustainable. Yeah, it's a sustainable world. The cool feature that this one added um, from the original and from before any game since then, they've kind of added it into one of the new ones now, is the ability for your Pokemon who is at the top of your kind of uh, party 
he follows you around. So whatever Pokemon you put oh, in that top cute. slot, he's on the overworld oh, I appreciate following that. you. Kind of like they did for Pokemon Yellow, which had Pikachu following you around at all times. You could just have whatever Pokemon you wanted. Um, there was a fun game to see what looked the most ridiculous to follow you around. Mm. Um, I think it was something like Slime or something because he just kind of slodges his way about. Like I said, they do do it in the more recent Pokemon games as well. Um, that they've just released but this just really worked so it's really cute you'd have like whoever was your favourite just kind of run around with you there was like Stantler who was a deer and I just have that out all the time it's just nice running around with him mm. outside it was just really cute um, the other cool feature that this had along with that following you around process was that the original box came with a thing called a Pokewalker which was like a tiny Pokemon ball kind of looking thing with a screen in the middle a bit like a Tamagotchi and in it, you could hold your Pokemon from the slot. You could put a Pokemon in the little ball. Well, I you thought you meant in real life. <laughs> yeah, in real life. Wait, what? You got a Pokemon-looking t- Tamagotchi, and you took your Pokemon from the game, oh put it in there, God. and he was on the little screen. You could play, like, a mini game with him, and you could walk him around. It's kind of had a pedometer in it. Well, if I'd known that... I couldn't actually because I was hacking. You were hacking away. <laughs> this wasn't. This wasn't something you could hack. This was something you had to buy oh, in the box. That no, was that, it. that sounds amazing, and I wish I kind of had that. Now. Yeah, and you could level them up. I think they only ever went up a single level. They like, couldn't have done that with every set. It was probably like the. It was the original, so it was like any the, like, of the original like box. You just get it. Yeah, so with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, you got a bigger box, That's and so it came cool. with it. Um, and I think some people, I think. Jesse from our original sister podcast had one still in a box somewhere. It was really cool. Oh my God. Yeah, and it was just really cute. Why can't they do that shit now? I know. I, I would want... love a little like Tamagotchi thing yeah. to pull my. And I feel like I could justify it as opposed to me going to a kids shop now and buying a Tamagotchi, which I want right. to do. Honestly, but I nearly did it not that long ago. I'm thirsty too. I, I ordered one myself for off Amazon because I was just like, a, you know what I miss? You know Tamagotchi. Let's get some Tamagotchis. We've got two dogs downstairs. Oh, yeah. We don't need <laughs> fake things to look after. We've got real ones. Our dogs are starving while we're just there like, gotta feed the Tamagotchi, gotta feed them. Clean the poop. And there's just <laughs> mounds of shit downstairs. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Shit, we're adults. Yeah. Okay. No time. Well, maybe the real. T- <laughs> maybe I'll get you one for Christmas. You Thanks. get me one for Christmas. Okay. We'll have a we'll have a trade off for Christmas. But yeah, so that was a really cool feature that they added, um, and it just kind of added to the whole game. It just looked really pretty as well. Um, it was kind of changed from what is more of like a pixelated kind of feeling game. I think from the originals into these kind of like almost three D looking kind of characters, and it's just kind of looked bright and colourful. And they really did a good job of bringing um johto to life in a more 3d kind of colorful way because it was obviously originally on a game boy and i think game boy color so it was still an old super old 8-bit kind of looking thing and it just looked really cute and that was it it was a good time uh i only have one fact Mm -hmm. um that i thought was actually worth talking about which was in the game you can pick up an item named gb sounds which stands for game boy sounds and it's obtainable only after you beat all 16 gym leaders so you go through kanto and johto um, despite the fact that GB sounds is supposed to sound like the original music from the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, none of the songs actually sound like the originals. This oh. is because they are all from MIDI files, which is what the Game Boy used to play, whereas these ones are more like actually had to be 8-bit because they were doing it on digital well. So they are original, but they're not quite what they actually sound like. But okay. they tried, you know? They tried to make music. At least music, they tried. You know? I kind of like it sometimes when games give you options to almost scale down the new versions yeah. in little bits. I think like the Halo versions did a good job of that, where That's you could true. like press a button and see what it used to look like. Yeah, it's a good reminder of what something actually looked like when you played it. 
Um, but yeah, so that is my number one. Pokemon, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Nice. Great games. I don't understand why you haven't even mentioned my number one. It's Mario Kart. I never had it on DS. Yeah. No. Weird. I never played Everybody it. Everybody fucking who owned a DS had Mario Kart, I thought. Not me. It's like everyone who owns a Switch has Mario Kart on Switch. Yeah. Switch and Wii, yeah. But no, Mario Weird. Kart, not my thing. Anyway, it came out in 2005. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one of those like almost like starter games for the DS. Like It normally would come with it. I yeah. swear, it normally did anyway. So it's probably worth mentioning, I never owned a DSDS. What? I borrowed somebody's original DS. Oh. And I played some stuff on that, and then I owned a 3DS, which you could play original where DS games on. Where did you have cooking? I swear, were you playing Cooking Mama then? On the borrowed one. Oh, uh, who was DS we borrowing? Graham. <laughs> okay. It's an old name from school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I had my own car, and I actually owned this game. <laughs> yeah, I owned it. I promise. Developed by Nintendo, um, and published by Nintendo. It's the fifth main entry in the Mario Kart series, which weirdly feels still feels kind of young. Yeah. Um, there were two new items in this game. Um, I'm not obviously going to be like, oh, hey, the plot of Mario Kart is you drive around in a little car. It's Mario Kart, Everybody yeah. fucking knows. I don't need to tell you. But I'm going to tell you the new things and the things that are interesting about Mario Kart on the DS. Nice. Yeah, so there's two new items. Bullet Bill. That was on Bullet Bill That appeared. was a... Ah. Uh, transforms okay. the player into a bullet uh, called Bill that autopilots the track. And the blooper, which squirts ink on all races ahead of the user blocking their vision. So yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess they were new. It's telling the internet's telling me they were new. I mean, I don't remember them being. These are things that you just always think were there. Well, but... I guess before that, the only Mario cars would have been on what N sixty four before that GameCube. Yeah, so da- double dash. Yeah, I mean, so... I guess, I guess, yeah, because double dash. Meh. Who are we to question the internet? This also featured a multiplayer mode in which eight players raced each other using the DS download play feature for consoles without a cartridge or a multi-card wireless LAN connection. Now, I didn't fuck with the internet back in those days. No. I didn't even really fully understand online gaming. That went over my head. That wasn't something that I did. No, same. I didn't think I played anything online until, I don't know, PS4 era. I actually have not really much to say about this, which is, you know, it's my number one, but it's Mario Kart and I had a lot of fun and I drove around in a car and yeah, it was very solo because I, you know, I didn't play online, but you know, I'd spent hours driving around. Yeah, I do know, I never played it, but it's one of those ones where I knew about Mario Kart on the DS and I know most people owned it and everyone had a great time Mm -hmm. because it did have some good online features. If you had other people with the game, you could kind of play it all together. I think it might have been one that, one of those ones where you didn't have to own the game no, on you your desk. No. So it was like, if you had it and I wanted to join you, I could have joined yeah. you. I, yeah, Which I really, was cool. I don't think I really did it. I mean, I must have been a bit of a loner, but I think it was one of those things where, because I was so obsessed with the fact that the DS was portable, I was like, well, I don't need friends. I'll just lay in my bed and play no. Mario Kart. Which is what I do with my Switch. <laughs> I was going to say that's your error for Switch. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it, was, it was just a good game on the DS and that's why it's number one because I just thought well all the other ones were really good but I mean I don't yeah it was just a solid game for me and Mario Kart just never lets you down Mario Kart is always a very solid game I think that one especially looking at lists to remind myself of like DS games and stuff today um that one came up I think first on most of the list if not all of them um because it was just such a solid 
Mario Kart game. Good game. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves a bit of Mario Kart. So let's just go on to some facts because nothing else to say about it. No. Um, so there was a there was an extra character because it had it had the standard characters, you know, Waluigi. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> no, you're just trying to hurt me. In fact, I don't even know if Waluigi was in it. I don't Probably know. Not. Maybe not. When did Waluigi appear? He would have been around at that time, I think, because it was tennis. He appeared in one of the tennis games. I know that's his first appearance. First oh, appearance of Waluigi is a tennis game, yeah. Is it because he's got long legs? I think they just needed a partner for doubles. I think Wario needed. Oh, especially for like Double Dash and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so he was he was in it. Yeah. Um, so there's an extra, you know, they had all the standard, but there was an extra character. And this extra character was called Rob. Rob. Which stands for Robotic Operating Buddy. And I don't know if you know about oh, Rob. Oh, that's where Rob comes... Yeah, okay. That's not where he comes from. No. So Rob existed. I, I did some research about this because I was like, that's a cute fucking robot. So yeah, sorry. Rob is a robot. Um, and he can be unlocked via gameplay. But the reason Rob exists is because he was an old school toy robot accessory that was made for the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, um, in 1985 which was around the time of the whole video game crash thing happened. They thought that mm-hmm. they could create this side thing, that like this little robot that could basically play beside you right. with, a, in a, with a console. Okay. And it was going to be like a little, like a weird, like a fad, basically. A weird yeah. fucking robot like, that's um, going to play a game with you. But it didn't... Furby. Yeah. And it was going to be known as like the family computer robot. Um, it was actually like really intelligent. So it could like, maybe play like Pong with you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever was going on in 1985. And... It just didn't really work because only like two games accepted like the compatibility. Mm-hmm. So there was like two only two games that you could play with this fucking robot Rob, and it just didn't it just didn't work out for Rob. No, I only know Rob through Smash Bros. because uh, he's in Smash Bros. He apparently, yeah. he's in I think the most recent version, he's actually a really good character. I mean, at least they're giving life to Rob because yeah. he definitely didn't have one in 1985. No, he died a death. But he's cute, and it's funny because I had a little robot that looked a lot like Rob growing up, and it was made by. I don't know, there was that fucking toy company, number T, don't know, it was a name. And there's a little robot, and they're worth a fair bit of money now, and he basically just walks around the floor. He's super cute, he's really old now, he's basically dying. And he reminds me of that, and so I feel a lot of love yeah. for Rob. Oh, nice. But anyway, you could unlock Rob in Mario Kart, Jess. Uh, there was another character-related fact, which is, apparently, now I didn't know this guy, not a clue, but apparently he was planned to be a playable character in the game, um, and that was Professor E. Gad. I know that name. Google him. Yeah. So I Googled him because I was like, I don't know who this man is. And then, because uh, he replaced with Dry Bones in the end. And then I looked at him and I was like, you don't look like a Mario character. No. He I... looks like a fucking nerd. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever seen him, but I definitely know Luigi's the name. Luigi's Mansion is what he's from. I've never played But he looks like so a bit of a sense. dickhead, let's be yeah. real. So yeah, he was replaced by Dry Bones, and I think we're all okay about that. I fucking love Dry Bones. Yeah. Oh. So it was Dry Bones or, or Professor Egad. Yeah, no, definitely go with Dry Bones. Oh, look, he's in, he's in the Mario Bros. like cartoon at the bottom. Oh my god. He looks better there. He looks like a mad scientist, but the pictures that we see, he looks like a two-year-old boy with a fucking weird, like, thing yeah. on his head. Looks like Dexter. He's just aged. He just looks like he's gone a bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stop looking at him. I don't like Professor. Let's turn him off. Yep. I, you know, he can be my enemy. I'm okay with that. Yeah. See this as my announcement of Professor Egad really? as my nemesis. Yeah. I will fight <laughs> you, Professor Egad. You don't even exist in this world. Gutted. What a burn. I've started a beef 
with a fictional character. <laughs> You've done this for a podcast. Sonic <laughs> beefs. Anyway, that's my last and final fact. Mario Kart, number one. It sounds like I'm really un overwhelmed by that's not a word. Underwhelmed by it, but I'm not. It's just a really good game. You're having a good time with it. Professor Regard's not in it. <laughs> so <laughs> bonus. What a review. That could go for many games. Professor Egad isn't in this. What does Five the e stars. <laughs> what does the E stand for? Do you reckon it's just written E as in like three E's? I don't know. E. I need to know. Wait, we're gonna find out. It probably is written in a way that's like phonetically. Well, why can't they just be Professor something? Because I think when I look, I think it's Elvin. Elvin. <laughs> uh. His name is Elvin. What a stupid name. No, no, right. Yeah, anyway. First appearance. Luigi's Mansion. Nice. All right. Well, that's the end of our list. We have gone through all of our top five DS games. Yeah. It was a good list. It was long. Yeah. Covered a lot in that. We did. Quite a lot to talk about, I think, with DS games. We don't often talk about them, if ever. I think that was quite one of those ones we yeah. haven't really spoken about any of those games. And I don't think I would have ever felt like ever bringing those games up any other time. No, they're kind of always a weird collection of things. I yeah. think Pokemon's one of the... Pokemon and Zelda are obviously brought up. Yeah. But they are always the... I don't know. The ones the with underdogs. the handheld. Underdogs. You know. Underdogs. Yeah, yeah that's like, the kind of not... top end of those. So nice. All right. Yeah. Well, another list down. Uh-huh. So this is the end yes we last time we recorded an episode we were like go to gametop5.com I was like oh wait no we can't because we lost that you were like I'm going to check we have a new website now because somebody somebody stole our fucking domain yeah we don't have .com anymore snooped yeah we clearly are really fucking popular and then when it came up to be you know have some availability someone was like I'm taking this because gametop5 is clearly going places so I'm taking this website so they can't have it anymore um fuck you yeah so instead of buying the domain for more money than it was worth uh we have just bought a different one and we are now game till uk. it's you know it's just as good i feel more british yeah i can tell you that .co.uk yeah i feel more bbc it doesn't have it. the same ring as .com but we'll get it back one day i will fight you yeah i bet it was professor egad who took it from us yeah i meant to tell you this is a total seg- segue but someone phoned me the other day from the domain website company being like, I see you've bought gametool5.co.uk and they were asking me all about my business of Gametool5. What did you say? I basically had to explain that it was a hobby and that I didn't want to make money off of it and please leave me alone. Really? Yeah, because he was basically like, do you want to add a sales thing? Are you buy- Are you selling things on there? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you that there's a shop on there because there isn't. We have a link to it. Was- phoning you and asking honestly i don't know who this man was but he wanted to know all about our website and so i told him that we were a podcast and that if he enjoyed games then he should go and listen. <laughs> good and you should also said if you're the man that stole gamefield5.com then nikki will come and get you <laughs> she will find no, you i bet it was egad i know it was uh, that that's who's taken it so anyway if you want to know more, if you want to listen to more episodes, if you want to know anything about us, go to gametill5.co.uk. Or you can also chat to us on socials like Twitter, Instagram, we're just gametill5. Or yep. our Discord. Yeah, there's always links around on all of those things, so go check them out and let us know. Yeah. Um, uh, if you feel like leaving us a review, reviews are always super helpful, so that would be amazing. Yes, um, please do. iPhone. iPhone? iPhone. iTunes. Is it iTunes anymore? It's like no, Apple it's Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. You're living in 2005. Yeah, I've gone back. <laughs> I've gone back in time. We were really old people. Like, 
iTunes. It's I've been on iTunes for like 10 years. I'll have to go on the, <laughs> the YouTube. I'm going to go play Habbo Hotel. Yeah, or Penguin Club. Neopets. Oh, fucking love Neopets. Anyway, we should go. Yeah, um, that's the end of our <laughs> episode. It was a wonderful time. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, goodbye. Bye. Bye.